1: Hello Trojan fans, welcome to the Paris style podcast on a Monday. We're going to talk with our buddy, our pal, Coach Harvey Hyde. Follow him on Twitter at Coach Harvey Hyde. At Coach Harvey Hyde. Talking, of course, some USC football. This is going to be our last uh, podcast with a coach before the Rose Bowl. So we wanted to get his thoughts on the matchup between USC and Penn State. If you have any questions for us, send them in. Podcast at uscfootball.com. Or you can leave a voicemail by calling 641-715-3900, extension 816-646. Or if you go to our website, Peristylepodcast.com, click on the left side of the page, you should be able to leave a voicemail right from our website, all of our contact information, and we're on iTunes and Stitcher Radio and Audio Boom and TuneIn Radio, all different ways you can consume the podcast. Go on to iTunes, leave a five-star review. That would be wonderful. Uh, leave us some positive feedback. We always want to hear from you, and uh, that's a great way to do it and help propagate the show to other USC fans out there that may not have find, found the show yet for some reason. But we've been doing this since 2008, and Coach Harvey Hyde's been here the whole way. I don't know how they wouldn't know about us by now, Coach, but some people might not.
0: Well, if you haven't heard about it, it might be a good thing, depending sometimes some <laughs> of the things we say. <laughs> but at least <laughs> – at least, uh, just our opinion, and everyone has one. And, you know, Ryan, before we get started, I want to thank everyone out there that uh, listened to the podcast. And I tell you, without you, we don't have a show. And we like to share our ideas, ideas with your ideas because you're the ones that ask the questions and we try to answer them. And we hope that you've had a great year. And we hope next year uh, will be better for you and your family and health and happiness and all of the above. And, Ryan, I want to thank you, too, for being uh, so gracious as far as hosting this show and uh, all of your staff. I want to wish everyone out there a happy
1: holiday season. Certainly happy holidays to everyone. And you and yours, Coach, we really appreciate you spending some of your time every week to come on the Peristyle Podcast. And, of course, all the listeners out there, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, whatever you celebrate. Um, hope you guys have a great one. We've been having a lot of fun doing the show. We'll obviously keep going. And uh, it's been going for a while, uh, our little podcast thing here. And I know there's other podcasts that have popped up and stuff. We've been doing this consistently, like I said, since 2008. And uh, got a lot of shows this week, Coach. I'm not sure. Uh, I'm going to be traveling. I'm going back east to see my wife's family in Tennessee. So I'm actually going to miss a couple of the bowl practices this week, but I'll be back for them next week. So I don't think we're going to do maybe one more show this week, but if, if it would be, it would be on the road. Um, but this will probably likely be it. We'll kind of give a, a, Penn State preview. And then next week, we'll do some more, uh, before the, uh, uh, you know, after Christmas and before, uh, the Rose Bowl coming up there. And wanted to thank our sponsor who's been with us all the way to Southern California tickets. If you need tickets for the Rose Bowl and it's a really hot ticket, don't ask the coach. Don't ask me. We don't have any tickets. Um, sctickets.com is where you go or call them at 1-800-888- 7287, like Coach always says, they're based in Pasadena. So if you want to get tickets somewhere, it's a USC football game. It's at the Rose Bowl, sctickets.com. They're in Pasadena. So go to Southern California Tickets. And I don't know if you've talked to Curtis lately, but I'm sure there's a lot of demand there, Coach.
0: I have spoken with him. And uh, uh, most of all the people I've referred to him are very happy. He's not a gouger. What I mean is, uh, yes, he has to make a profit. But still, you can't get a ticket. He's got some great seats, and I just want to uh, thank him, too. I forgot to thank our sponsor for his sponsorships over the year. So, yeah, Southern California Ticket Service is a place for you to go, not only for the Rose Bowl, but for any event you might want to attend.
1: Yeah, for sure. Uh, all other stuff besides the Rose Bowl, too. But obviously, that's a big one right now for USC fans. And um, it's a Penn State. It's a matchup with Penn State and USC. And, you know, as USC fans know, it all came down to that final, uh, college football playoff poll. As expected, Ohio State ended up making it in, um, even though they didn't win the Big Ten. Uh, Penn State won the Big Ten when they beat Wisconsin with a great come from behind victory. They were down 28-7 in that game. So they're the, the Big Ten representative for the Rose Bowl. Um, and then on the USC side, because Washington, you know, got in at number four in the college football playoff, the next highest-ranked team in the Pac-12 would go to the Rose Bowl. Um, and Colorado was ahead of USC until that final championship game weekend. Uh, they got beat pretty badly by Washington. USC uh, you know, had won eight in a row, moved up to number nine, and Colorado dropped to number 10. So USC was the next highest-ranked team, and they get selected for the Rose Bowl. So in the college football playoff rankings, Penn State ended up being number five. USC ends up being number nine, as of right now, I think USC's favored by about six and a half points uh, in Vegas, but it's a classic matchup, Coach, and it's a, I think it's one that both sides of the aisle are, gonna, are excited about.
0: I think it's a great matchup. In fact, uh, I think it's the best bowl game of all of them, as far as the first week, I think it's better than even the... Uh, playoff games. I really do. You have uh, two teams that are really hot and on a roll, 17 wins combined between them in a row. Uh, I think you've got uh, teams that are excited. In fact, what indicates how excited the community is is a, what the cost is of a Rose Bowl ticket. You can't get a Rose Bowl ticket. It's completely sold out. Penn State sold 33,000 tickets in one day. USC sold all theirs, and everybody's trying to still get tickets, and And uh, you can get them, but you might have to pay a little bit more than what the normal face value is. But if you want to see a great matchup and go to something that'll be part of history, then I'd suggest you do it. I'm going to be there. I'm going to take my whole family, do it every year. It's been a tradition. We're going to go to the parade, then we're going to go to the tailgate, and then we're going to go to the game. It's just part of the tradition of something we do every year. We've done it maybe for 25 straight years or whatever, and it's just something we like doing. I even used to go to it when I was coaching. It became something I liked to go and watch and watch the procedures of each team, the warm-ups, the bench discipline, everything as far as applying that to what I was doing and see if I could improve myself too in that. So, uh yeah, it is a great matchup, Ryan, and, the six and a six-and-a-half-point favorite, I think that's about right. Uh I think that it's a home game for USC, which makes it, I think, a little easier for USC as far as practicing at their own facilities, not having the distractions that are uh, that of what Penn, Penn State has to uh do. They have to move their whole football program to Southern California while SC has their program right at home, and they're getting used to it. So I think that's, that's a plus as far as USC is concerned. I think it's got to be a game where both teams play a complete game. Now, USC's been playing really well in the first halves. Uh, If you look at the stats and the number of points that USC has scored as far as more than their opponents, they've dominated the first half. And who's dominated the second half of all of their games on the way to Pasadena was Penn State. So both teams got to play well the entire game. You can't have one great half and then another great half and think you're going to win the football game. So it's got to be a consistent game played by both teams. Plus, The preparation of the game is going to be very, very important on how both coaching staff prepare their team, not for playing today or tomorrow, but for playing on January the 2nd at 2 o'clock kickoff. I like right now Clay Helton's practice schedules as far as practicing as close as he can every day to the 2 o'clock period of what kickoff is at the Rose Bowl so your body becomes accustomed to that feeling of when game time is and I think that's helped him through the entire season as far as the changing of the practice to the afternoons. Penn State has to adjust to the time difference, which they'll have completely adjusted to once game time gets here. But USC just played in the Rose Bowl. They won't be awed by the Rose Bowl, but they'll be excited about the Rose Bowl. On my show that I do on AM 830, if you've been listening to that, I've been having various guests on who uh, have played in the Rose Bowl or coached in the Rose Bowl. And last week I had Norm Chow on and Brandon Hancock on, you know, he played in three Rose Bowls, played at six, in six bowl games while he was at USC and others. And this week I have other USC people on. That show will be at 5 p.m. this Wednesday on a.m. 830. And then my final show, December 28th, I'm going to have Keith Jackson on for an entire hour, and that will be at 7 p.m. because he's, was the voice of the Rose bowl. He'll tell us about all the ghosts that are in the Rose bowl and how it was to broadcast these great games. And he's always told me the greatest game he ever broadcast in the Rose bowl was the USC, Texas game. He said, when that game was over with, I said, I'm done. I can't beat another game like this. As far as in my career, he drove home and said, I'm through broadcasting. Wow. And since that, that's exactly what happened. And, uh, so well, I'll have an hour show with him, and if you people haven't heard Keith, he's unbelievable with his story. So that'll be the 28th at 7 p.m. this week. I'll have others on uh, from USC uh, uh, that are people, uh, Sam Cunningham, Randall Cunningham. The brothers will be on, which is going to be something special, both in the College Football Hall of Fame. So it'll be Daryl Dunn, the CEO of the uh, – of the Rose Bowl himself will be on and talk about it. So you know it's it's a special show. So if you have time, and I'm sorry to talk this long about it, Ryan, but I don't want people to miss this. It's all USC. Yeah, yeah. It's all about building building up to this great game and and so on. So I got that in. But it, this game is going to be a special game because it means so much to both program. And you asked me one question. It might take the whole hour, okay? <laughs> but it is. Look what it means to both programs. Clay Helton coming back from a start of a season that he doesn't ever want to go through again. To come to a point now when he's in Pasadena, he's on the verge of winning a Rose Bowl, his first year of coaching, as far as a head football coach anywhere, and maybe be coach of the year, Bear Bryant coach of the year. I don't know if they've named that or not, but he was nominated. The other Coach of the Year by AP comes from the Pac-12 too, and Mike McIntyre. I mean, what does this say? It's 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 a tribute to a conference that really nobody really knew much about, and now he has a chance of winning the Rose Bowl and carrying that into an off season of recruiting and having a top five class, not a top ten class, potentially a top five class, which Ryan, you'll talk about with Gerald. Martinez on your Rodcat broadcast podcast. And then you look at Franklin, Jeff Franklin, who came from Vanderbilt and started to be the bubble this year. People were doubting him, got blown out, got beat by Pitt. All of a sudden people say, uh-oh, time for another change. But no, they came through and they played hard and won nine games in a row. And now they're in passing. What does that mean to their program Is bringing back two sanctioned programs. Look what's in the Rose Bowl. Two sanctioned programs that are now back at almost their full limits. Well, the any Lions are. They're back at 85. I think USC's at 82 or 83 scholarships. And they're playing for it all. It'll be huge ratings on a Monday at 2 o'clock. Huge ratings. So it's a way of getting national attention. You've got two quarterbacks who are really hot going. You've got great receivers, great running backs in the game. Great defense in the game. I mean, it just it's just a huge great football game. You're not gonna have a loser in this game. You're just gonna have somebody that finished second. But that person who finished second, it means so much difference to because you'll be down rather than up going into all the off season activities. Spring practice, summer workouts, let's repeat, let's do this. So, Ryan, this game, and I'm not trying to dramatize it too much but it's all true it's the real deal so uh, people who are going congratulations people if you're going to watch it on TV hey just be happy to be a part of it it's going to be great
1: i agree coach i think it will and uh one of the the aspects and if you go to uscfootball.com um we have a an advanced stats piece up that we put up last week that kind of shows uh, you know, advanced statistics of where USC and Penn State both lie. And there's some general kind of themes you can look at if you're not – I'm not a huge advanced stats guy. I don't know if you get into it too much, Coach. But one of the things um that the the stats show, Coach, is that Penn State is a very explosive offense. So meaning that there's a lot of explosive plays. A lot of their – you know, there's big plays that are explosive – USC is more of an efficient offense. They got chunk plays where they're getting 15, you know, 20 yards, but not like the, not as many of the, the huge plays. They're more efficient as far as moving the chains and, you know, advancing the ball where Penn State, unless they're getting on the big play, they're not really scoring as much. And it's kind of the same thing for the defenses. Um, where, you know, USC's defense gives up a bunch of explosive plays as well. So they're, they're good at forcing negative plays, um, and putting, an offense into uh you know bad you know uh down situations uh down and distance situations but then they also have a tendency coach to give up like a big play we've seen that quite a bit how do you see that kind of um m- matching up here in this Rose Bowl i if you watch the the Wisconsin game you watch the the Big 10 championship game Wisconsin was dominating that game but then Penn State started hitting their big plays and really turned things around
0: well, first of all, when you go to a game like this and you've won as many games as these two teams as won, you don't change anything, okay? If you start changing too much, Ryan, then your players say, the coaches must not think we can beat these guys. They're giving us new plays, trick plays, this, that, and so on. We got here by doing what we do and do it good. And, get there. and my, my feeling's the same way. What you've done to get here, you don't change. What you do is get better at it, okay? you got 15 days or 18 days, like USC took, to get better at it. Get better at what you're doing and utilize what you do. You don't have to do everything. You just have to do what they give you and do it well. Because they're going to give you something. They're going to give you a matchup somewhere you've got to take advantage of. Now, USC, of course, has got the challenges, as they have the entire season, of starting, stopping on defense a balanced football team. They can run the football. And they control the football. And they've got a dangerous type of quarterback that likes to make big plays and has made big plays. They've got some big receivers who catch the football and get open. And why do they get open? Because he has time to find the ball and move around like Sam Darnold does, and you can't cover forever. So they've been able to make big plays. So number one-wise, wise, you have to stop the run. If you don't stop the run, it's over with. So USC's first uh, objective, defensively, stop the run. That way you eliminate the play-action pass. On third and eight, you're not play-action passing. You're going to pass the ball, okay? So you've got to take the third down situation. You've got to stop them on first and second down. So third down, you know what they're going to do, basically. They run the ball. You give them six yards. You make the tackle. they got to punt the football. Now, as far as the receivers are concerned, you've got to be able to take away the deep ball disallowed the big play because you don't want somebody scoring on you quickly because it's shocking to you. It's shocking to the crowd. If you remember the first game of the play last year in the Rose Bowl game, Christian McCaffrey goes for a touchdown in the Rose Bowl. Iowa went in the shock and never came out of it. Stanford blew him out. So you can't allow that type of emotional turnabout by your team. you got to create a turnover where the emotion comes towards you or you get them out of rhythm. This is what you're trying to do defensively. So USC has got to stop the run, put pressure on McSorley, cause him the same type of problems that Browning had at Washington. Brownie looked pretty good before they played USC. USC heard his throws. They made him inconsistent. They got off his timing, and he was an average guy. Well, this is what USC's defense has to have, the same type of game plan they did against Washington where they stopped Washington's run. Remember, they had great running game, but they didn't against USC, and then they stopped their passing game. The only touchdown they got, I think, a Dory fell down or something happened. They got one big bomb. Uh, Ross caught it. So this is what they got to do defensively. So I'd say Washington, Penn State, similar offensively. Think about it, folks. USC offensively has got to maintain what they've done the entire season, which is, first of all, early in the year, if you remember, a lot of penalties. A lot of illegal procedures. A lot of nervousness. A lot of things that stop themselves so you can't stop yourself in a game like this you've got to keep your defense off the field like they did at washington allow your defense to rest because penn state likes to rotate a lot of players fortunately for them they got a lot of defensive front guys and they rotate them and they play fresh and so on which is good but if you stay on the field and you maintain first and second down And you convert on third down, something that Penn State has even worked on a lot, saying we've got to stop their third down conversions because they stay on the field. If you look at the stats, Sam Darnold finds a way to convert on third down. USC is very dangerous on third down. Big plays, scrambling. He runs for it. He scrambles and throws on the run. Big plays on third down. So they're going to work hard to stop USC's third down conversion. But USC has got to establish the run because, like I said earlier, everything comes off of the run. The play-action pass comes off of the run. I don't believe that Penn State has seen the speed of USC in the Big Ten, offensively or defensively. Now, the Big Ten, great conference, but they don't have the speed, I don't feel, that USC has. So it comes down to this, who's best prepared, who doesn't beat themselves, who takes advantages and creates mistakes on the other team and gets out there and plays consistently for a whole football game. It can't be one half USC, the second half Penn state. And, uh, that's the way I think this game's gotta be played.
1: Coach. It's, uh, it's funny. I was talking to, uh, Clancy Pendergast, uh, last week about the explosive play factor. And, um, it's weird. I don't know as a coach if you say, like, I mean, I I think in his mind, you know, you're doing, you you can't defend everything, right? You have to try to, you're doing your best to, you know, defend the majority of what's going on, your you're best schemes out there. And every once, in a, you know, if you're an aggressive defense, and I think this USC defense is, and I think it works well, I like the aggressive style much more than what we saw the last couple of years, more passive, more kind of waiting for the other team to make a mistake. You're out there trying to force mistakes and they have different blitzes and they force negative plays, you know, get you in those long, long down situations. Like you said, and then it's really hard. Then you know what you have to do. And it's a third and eight sort of situation and you have to throw the football. Um, he kind of joked like, we just have to stop the big plays, but is there something you can do when is that something you just like know? Hey, we might give up some if Adore Jackson loses a shoe and gets beat because we're going to be aggressive other places and we're going to leave our cornerbacks on islands out there at times. Um, Is there something else you can kind of do to prevent that? Or if it's just the kind of design of the defense, it's the scheme, and every once in a while you're just going to give up a big play?
0: You're going to give up a big play. Uh, That happens uh, when you're an aggressive football team. Uh, You don't want it to happen. If you remember, giving up a big play is a little bit different giving up a big play like they did in Alabama with two guys blitzing on one side and somebody not covering uh, somebody down on the – curl route or something like that. That's 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 what's depression, okay? That's depressing. That's just a metal breakdown, not because somebody beats you, you just beat yourself. Occasionally you're gonna break down, but you gotta be big enough and strong enough to overcome that. And you gotta be able not to have those things type of happen to you. Now if a guy's just better than you then you gotta run type of some type of different coverage to give that guy help too. You can't ask a receiver That's better than you or a defensive back and he's playing against a guy that's better than him, then cover him all over the field. It's hard to do. You gotta give him, you gotta give him, uh, halves. You gotta let him play man with zone behind him. You've gotta do and mix things up where, where he just doesn't have it that easy. And the quarterback looks to him and it's not there and he's forced to look to people, other people. And that gives you more time to get to him. So yeah, you're, you know, big plays are gonna happen but those are the things you don't want to happen. So you don't, you can't fall down. You know, you can't have a pass interference on a big down. You, you, this is what championship teams are built around. Uh, You've played an entire season. You're not a young team anymore. You're an experienced team. Now, both teams, Uh, you've won, you know, you've won a lot of games. You know what it takes to win. So it's a battle of champions. That's what it comes down to. It's a battle of champions. It's a, 12-round heavyweight championship fight. So, uh, you know, it's just uh you hope you don't have breakdowns. You hope you don't give up big plays. And normally big plays are given up because someone gets beaten or someone does the wrong thing. A linebacker doesn't scrape the hole or he's late scraping to the hole or taking his zone or whatever he has to do and someone beats him there. And the same thing with a defensive back. He doesn't start off right in his coverage or safety doesn't get over there to help him or whatever, and that's why the big play happens. So you just got to execute properly in everything that you've been working on since last spring. You're not going to change a lot of things. It's execution, preparation execution, communication, talking to each other, getting it done, And the team that best prepares for this is going to win the football game.
1: Coach, I couldn't agree with you more. And, uh, I'm curious to see how this ends up because you have both teams. Uh, they're on fire right now. Penn state's won nine and nine in a row. USC's won eight in a row. Uh, both have some big wins. Uh, you know, Penn state beat Ohio state, USC beat Washington on the road. Um, you know, both those teams are in the playoff and, uh, You know, so these two teams have beat some powerhouse, you know, top four teams, uh, in the country. You know, my gut feeling and you just see the way that USC's talent has kind of taken over games that maybe the Trojans aren't playing at a, you know, the highest level all the time. Uh, maybe it doesn't look as clean as you would like, but it just seems like the talent has been shining lately. For USC, And I think on paper, I think USC is a more talented team than Penn State is. Uh It's the local factor. You know, USC just going down the street to a place they played a few weeks ago and Penn State coming across the country. Both teams haven't been in this game for a while. So many different X factors. And it's a bowl game when you have all this time off between uh your last game and this game. You know, almost anything can happen in a bowl game. But how do you kind of see this uh playing out, coaches, you know, with these two hot teams coming into the Rose Bowl?
0: Well, the only way I can judge it is if I, I saw them both play their final game of the year, okay? Like you said it, and uh, you said it very well, it's what's happened between their final game and now as far as getting ready to play. How have they utilized that time and preparation? How have they been able to get their team ready emotionally and uh, technique-wise and game plan-wise and what's the game plan about and are they going to be able to execute it, and have you given them too much or not enough as far as doing that? And it comes down to coaching. It comes down to who has prepared their team the best to really execute the game plan, and the game plan is the proper game plan for this team. Now, if they've both done that, okay, and they both were playing at the same pitch at the end of the year, that uh, they'll play on January the 2nd, and I like USC in this game, okay? I think USC has gotten better every single week. Not that Penn State hasn't, but USC has gotten better every single week as, as a team, and that means a complete team. I'm not just talking about players. I'm talking about coaches and communications with the coaches. They're calling the plays, utilizing their offense more, their defense more, uh, getting things done, but they're still not there. They're still a better football team than they were when they played Washington, when they played UCLA, when they played Notre Dame. They have the potential to be a better football team than that. So you hope that they are a better football team come January the 2nd. So they've got to practice to be that. Uh, Penn State, they're on a roll. Jeff Franklin is a fiery guy. They've got a lot of confidence there. He's got a great coaching staff. Hey, Penn State will be ready to play. I mean, they're not intimidated. They'll be ready to play. But again, you got to prove to them early in the game that they're not as good as you. Your guys are faster. You run them down. You take their confidence away from them. You take their crowd out of the game. USC's crowd gets into the game. And you start to visualize the sizing of the rings. You start to visualize all the things that could happen to you. And you talk about it. You get momentum going. And you don't get tired. You don't want to come out of the game. You're ready to make another big play. You're playing on a different level of the field. I mean, you're six inches off the grass. And if USC can do this, which I'm anticipating they can, and I hope they prepare them to do this, I like SC in this game. Not by six and a half, I think they should beat him by ten or twelve. Oh wow. And I hope that they can do this, because they, how many times you heard me say this, Ryan? Their roster is better than Penn State's roster. They have more great players. Penn State has great team players. They've got a lot of players that have won awards. But SC has got more team speed, and speed is the name of the game today in any sport. Any sport. So I like USC.
1: It is funny that, uh, Jethro Franklin in the beginning of the year and same with USC's Clay Helton, both were thought to be on the hot seat and then they both go on long game winning streaks. So, um, yeah, it's like, you know, just win eight or nine games in a row, coach, and you can save your job.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. And it really helps, doesn't it? <laughs>
1: It's uh yeah, it's it certainly does. And it's so there's a lot of similarities between these programs. I like the comp the comparison you made to uh Washington. We tried to ask Clay Helton, I mean uh, Clancy Pendergast about uh what off you know, what the, what does this team remind you of as far offensively? And he wouldn't really name anyone in particular, but I like the Washington one there. Um USC really did a good job shutting down the run, uh Miles Gaskin and company against Washington, and I think if if USC ended up playing Washington again, like if they would have won the South and played in the championship game, I think Chris Peterson would have focused on the run a lot more. I think they sort of abandoned that. It wasn't working. And I don't think it, it wasn't. They weren't doing enough to keep the USC defense honest. And they really put pressure on Jake Browning. Um, I'm curious if that happens with Penn State, too. If they're going to have to try to, you know, no matter what, if there's, Struggles running the ball early in the game if they have to kind of move forward and just say, hey, we're running the football no matter what.
0: Well, you know, that's been, that's been my theory. You know, you're not supposed to score on every play. You do what got you there, okay? If you get away from what gets you there, then you're admitting that you're better than us. You gotta do what you gotta do. And, uh, you gotta demand it from your team. And, uh, you can't panic. And if it's going to be a low-scoring game, you keep doing what you have to do, and you depend on your defense, and uh, eventually something gives. Either the defense gives or the offense breaks through or something happens, but you don't stop doing what got you there. And uh, I think that's what both teams will attempt to do. And uh, I hope USC is successful in what they've done to get them to the Rose Bowl, and I know Penn State is going to try to do everything that got them to the Rose Bowl. They're going to continue doing it. So why change when you won nine games in a row? <laughs> Fair. So, you know, it's going to be a great game, guys. I just uh, broke it down, and I just feel that I'm counting a lot on the USC coaching staff to prepare their team. And normally, if your players are better than the other team's players, and that's just my opinion. If you're a Penn State fan out there, I'm sorry, just my opinion. I'm not aware of all your players, okay, of who they are, where they came from, but I know in the rankings of recruiting and all the other things and me watching you play against teams and so on, I mean, yes, you beat Ohio State, but you got a gain 5-1 or 4-1 in the game. When USC beat Washington, they dominated them, okay? So when you look down through everything, I just like USC in this game, and I'm depending on them to prove that I am right. And if they don't do what I'm saying, I'll tell you what, happened, what did wrong. and You know me. I'm right on top of it. So I'm expecting them to win. So if they don't win, I'll tell you why they didn't.
1: We had a couple questions. Big Nick uh, from Cyprus wrote in. He said, wishing everyone happy holidays on the USCfootball.com staff. This question is simple, and we, we kind of talked about this, so I don't know if there's anything else you want to add, Coach, but where do you see USC being able to exploit Penn State as they did all game in 2009. He says, fight on.
0: Well, I don't know. I, I can't say that because I haven't studied the, the films and, and know exactly their strengths and weaknesses. I don't. But I think your matchups are what you try to create. You try to put your players where it's a very more difficult situation for the defense. It's the defensive offensive side of the football for them to stop. Utilize your tight ends more in your offense, which I've been talking about the entire time. Uh, And your speed of your team, uh, again, in matchups, uh, both in the running game and the passing game. And I demand my offensive line to play solid football. Demand it. Pass blocking and run blocking. And if the defense is trying to do one thing to you, blitz you or whatever it is, then you've got to counteract that and play uh, the type of game that uh, beats that on the defensive side of the football, no breakdowns. No breakdowns. No mental mistakes, no physical mistakes. Play your game of football. Play what got you there. Create turnovers. Make big plays. Uh, Cut down on penalties. No pass interferences. No face masks. I mean, face masks come occasionally, but let's don't have them. Let's don't have holding. Let's don't have the things in a great championship game that beat yourself. If someone's going to beat you, Hey, make sure they beat you. Don't beat yourself.
1: We have a question from Tarek. He said, assuming USC wins the Rose Bowl, will it be Pac-12 title and a playoff spot or bust next year, especially if Adoree Jackson and Juju Smith-Schuster return?
0: Well, you know, I I don't like talking about that, uh, about next year. And I wouldn't talk about that if I was Clay Hilton. You know, those things just happen. You talk about doing that or bust and what if you lose a game? What if you lose to Texas in the second game? Oh, we busted, we're not gonna make it to the playoffs, we're we're losers, we didn't we didn't make you know, no. Just the one game at a time and wherever you end up if they you know, you look what they accomplished this year by doing one game at a time and it brought them into the Rose Bowl. Well, you know, if you just keep winning that takes care of itself. So if you allow something to distract you where you lose a game you're supposed to win or whatever, then you've eliminated yourself. The football season is a playoff. People keep crying, we want playoffs, we want playoffs. So what the hell do you have? Every game is a playoff game. Every game, USC beats Colorado, USC beats Washington during the season, puts them in the Rose Bowl. That's a playoff. They eliminated the two people. That put them in. Washington wins all their games they go to the playoff. But they're still beaten by USC, which put them above Colorado because they beat Washington in the playoffs, the rankings. So it's a playoff every single week. So you got to tell your team, hey, we're in the playoffs. So let's just be in the playoffs, okay, <laughs> and take one game at a time.
1: All right, coach, we got one last one from you. This is interesting. Uh, our buddy Curtis in, uh, Marino Valley. He's a big, uh, Adore Jackson fan. And if you remember, and I've covered him a lot doing this, this is about Adore Jackson punting back in high school at Sarah High School. He said in the state championship game, Adore Jackson, uh, Sarah High's punter at the time on a fourth and 30 plus had a 78 yard fake punt run for a touchdown. Please talk to Adore and the special teams coach about this. So. It doesn't get out to out-of-state sports people. Uh, I think we're probably getting this out right now, but I don't think – this is not some kind of inside information thing we're trying to uh, tell the coaches. But he said, this coach probably has a fake punt play in his playbook already, but he doesn't know what he has in a dory as a deadly runner at the punter position uh, and maybe his last game. It would be unstoppable. If the defense sets up in a normal defense, he punts. Uh, they have no return set up. If they go normal punt return, he breaks on them in space – uh, he also said, "Please ask the coaches if they would consider Adoree putting uh, punting a few times in this game." Uh, he said he was a regular punter at Sarah High. The coach gave him the go-ahead to punt or run it if he saw the wrong coverage. He broke several long runs on fakes and was a good punter. Also, impossible to prepare for Penn State's never seen this on film. He would instantly be the most dangerous punter on earth, and maybe his last game as a Trojan, and maybe his last game. Our special teams coach could work on something deadly, and Adoree has the experience and talent to pull it off. Fight on. Uh, you did great, Trojans. Curtis yeah, from the Marino Valley.
0: I didn't know he was a punter. I didn't know he had punted in high school. Yeah. Did you know that?
1: No, no. I would go to games and watch him. Yeah. I, I think I was at that game where he ran like, it was like fourth and 30. But it's, this is height. I mean, okay. So, Curtis, I, I think, it's, you know, interesting. Uh, he's never, he's kicked a field goal in, 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 uh, or a extra point or something at practice. I don't think I've seen him punted. I have to ask Dan. I don't remember. He might goof around and do that, but you're talking about he's not a, like a great punter. <laughs> um, I, I don't think USC would be into not, you know, the field position wise. Uh, it would be tough to have him out there punting instead of your regular punter. And running through everybody on fourth and 30 in high school is definitely different than running through everybody fourth and 30 in college, in my opinion.
0: I agree with you, and then, you know, here we go, Kurt. I mean, that's great. We told everybody that he did that, but, uh, you know, you don't change things for the Rose Bowl game. You know, if it's fourth and third, you're going to punt the football. Yeah. Okay? <laughs> uh, now, if it's fourth and eight, I'd go to my regular offense. Who are you going to fool? You know, you're not going to fool when he's back there punting the ball. I mean, just, just play foot change things. I'm sure he could be a great punter. But that's not what got you there. So I I think you're better off just going with who's been practicing and doing it for you and what got you there. So um, that's just my opinion on
1: that. Yeah, it's kind of like, well, if, if Sam Darnold's not the regular holder on a field goal or PAT and you throw him in there, they're going to look for something special. You know, Dory Jackson's not the regular punter. So you would have to trot him out there as the regular punter, lose field position for the first couple of punts until he does the fake. That's a big one. So yeah, I just don't think, um, I, I don't see the USC coaches, uh, doing something like that. Um, and if you're going to put him back there as the fake, you know, as a punter, it's like all you're thinking is fake. Like at that point, you're not thinking he's going to punt. And if, if he could boom 50 yard punts, then okay, then he'd be the regular punter. Uh, he can't. I've seen him do that. He's, he's, he's a great jumper and leaper and all that kind of stuff, but it's not the greatest punter in the world. Maybe he practiced that and got good at it. He would, that would be some deadly weapon, and that's for the future. But I don't think that's something they're going to incorporate in Rose Bowl practices.
0: No. One one guy that could do that is Randall Cunningham when he played for us and he played for the Eagles. If you remember, say it's third and eight, you know, he'd line up in a regular formation. Okay, Now, when you line up in a regular formation, you can't be substituting punt return team. And then... We'd say shift and he'd shift, you go back into a punting formation, all of a sudden you don't have your return guys in there. So yeah, when it's a quarterback it's a little bit different, okay? Because he would boom the ball, you know, his first team All American as a punter. He would boom the ball away from people, so we didn't we'd fear really the return as much, but uh yeah, that that type of stuff, and he did it for the Eagles too, same type of stuff. In fact I think he has the third longest pun in nfl football history and only punted about 12 times so uh yeah you could do it but i don't think you're gonna see that
1: no all right well coach great stuff and uh thanks for coming on talk a little penn state football heading into the rose bowl and uh looking forward hope you have a great holiday and i look forward to talking to you uh sometime after probably after the game i guess at this point
0: yep thanks buddy and travel safe and for all of you that are planning on traveling travel safely and uh Happy holidays to everyone out there, and uh, have a great vacation period with your family and friends.
1: Yeah, certainly. I, I agree with that sentiment from the coach. Hope you guys enjoyed the show. Not Like I said, not sure we'll do another one this week. I'll try to squeeze one in, but I'll be traveling, and then uh, we'll, def- we'll definitely do some more uh, next week after Christmas before the game. But hope you guys enjoyed the show, and we will talk to you next time. Tickets, tickets, tickets.